This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tonight, the Bruins get back on the winning track with a 3-0 win up in Winnipeg. Um, some things that have ailed the Bruins of late in their poor stretch of play was slow starts and just incomplete efforts throughout 60 minutes in particular in the third period. The Bruins did not play a perfect game tonight by any stretch of the imagination, but two areas that they did improve upon were just those areas. They they got a goal in the first minute of the game, starting strong. The rest of the period wasn't that strong, but they started strong, and then they finished the game really strong in the third period against a desperate Winnipeg team. So, Bridget and Scott, did you see anything um, outside of that that jumped off the page to you tonight? Yeah, I think most importantly, the effort was there all night. Like, yeah, it wasn't the cleanest game. Power play still struggled, you know, still stuff to clean up, but a huge step in the right direction just because, as you mentioned, like they started better. They finished really strong in the third period when they're up to nothing, eventually make it three nothing with the empty netter. Uh, and th- they were working and they you mentioned it. Winnipeg was desperate. They're a team that's been struggling recently and, you know, seem to be pretty safely in the playoffs at one point and is now very much fighting for their playoff lives. Um, I think they're just like mere percentage points ahead of Nashville for the eighth and final playoff spot out West. Uh, Winnipeg, you know, at brought it. Like I thought they played pretty hard and the Bruins matched it. And that's, that's the challenge. Like we we've been saying it is they are going to face teams that are much more desperate than they are. How do you get yourself up to match it? And I think, you know, it sounds like they had some some team or at least one team meeting, uh, I think, Thursday morning before the game. You know, Montgomery said he met with the leadership group, you know, coaching staff talked and they just kind of had like open conversations about, you know, getting back on track. Bergeron used the word humbled when talking about the back to back losses to Detroit and Chicago. So, um, yeah, it seemed like message received and a much better effort. Uh, and you know, the kind that they needed against, against what's been a good team most of the season and one that is definitely de- desperate right now. 
Yeah, a good team with good goaltending. And for Winnipeg, obviously they need the points. They had kind of a tough stretch recently, and they'd fallen from, was it second or third in in the conference or all the way down to the last wild card spot. So they're, like you said, desperate. They got lucky. Nashville also lost to Chicago um, tonight. So they stay exactly where they are. I think they're three points. Um, ahead of Nashville right now as it stands um, in that last playoff spot. It's four points, I just checked. Um, And, yeah, they're a much more desperate team. But the Bruins played like the more desperate team, especially that third and fourth line. They had a lot of shifts where they were outworking the guys they were on the ice with. Um, They they had more speed. um, And somebody that we'll, I'm sure, talk about, Hathaway had a great game, but also Lauko had in the second period in particular, some really good shifts after all those weird transactional moves, taking him up and down and up and down more for cap space reasons. Um, but he had a really, really good shift in, in the second period that he got, I think three pretty decent scoring chances on. And then also just had a strong game. That whole line um, kind of pushed the pace. And sometimes recently when the Bruins top six weren't, doing anything the the bottom six still was bringing that energy and you see Trent Frederick get goals in back-to-back games and you you know you see Bertuzzi set it up and you see some positives from that bottom six yeah I thought that that fourth line was really strong tonight um for sure I thought they were their most probably their most consistent line I I thought at least at least as far as bringing energy and just kind of playing in your face the third line obviously kickstarted things for the Bruins. And we talked about it last episode, I believe, how Coyle and Frederick offensively had seemed to slow down a little bit. Or maybe we spoke about that before the Blackhawks game. But um, since we talked about that, Frederick has two goals. And it's been a couple of games now in a row with uh, yeah Todd Bertuzzi, Tyler Bertuzzi on their, on their wing. And are they related, by the way? It's, it's uncle and nephew, right? Yeah, Todd's his uncle. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they've, they've had a few, at least three or four, maybe five games together, at least maybe not full 60 minutes, but close to it. And to start tonight's game, they had a very similar goal to the one that they scored in Boston in Bertuzzi's first game, I think it was against the Rangers. Yeah. It was and, a coil goal. It was to coil yeah. who was out there. Yeah. So it was, it was similar, uh, good work down low, protecting the puck. And then finding the open man in the slot in uh, in Boston, it was Coyle. Like you mentioned, Bridget, tonight it was Frederick. Um, I still think that line is working out a lot of kinks, especially in transition. Uh, and you can definitely tell that Bertuzzi is still trying to find his way, and that's understandable. But when they're beneath the dots, that line is finding some success. Yeah, their board play is really good. They're, they have a lot of guys that can, like Coyle and Bertuzzi and even Frederick can win those board battles and um they're strong skaters so it's hard to take the puck away from them in those situations i noticed that that exact play they've they've been successful with it a few times that you mentioned the one in boston but i think in chicago they had a play like that too um or at one of the games recently they tried that again where they they win the puck battle along the corner boards or the end boards and they throw it out in front and either frederick coil bertuzzi somebody's waiting out net front in the low slot to just poke it in and it, it looked easy when they did it today no one was really guarding Frederick kind of a defensive breakdown but I mean that play works it works for them um you're getting a very in close shot so a high percentage shot on those kind of plays and you know if they get 
one of those every other game or if they, they get a look at that um, whenever they can, that, you know, that's a good scoring opportunity. Yeah. And it's, it's just important for Bertuzzi to start to feel comfortable somewhere in which I think this, this is the line where it's going to happen. This always seemed like the most natural fit, mostly because you didn't really have any reason to split up your top lines. And, you know, as I said before, totally understand wanting to test some different things, see how he looks with Krejci and Pasenak, see how he looks on the top line. But ultimately, playing with Coyle and Frederick for now, at least until, you know, Hall and Felino eventually get back and then you have to figure some things out. But for now, this is what makes the most sense. And he looks like he's starting to get more comfortable there. As Brian mentioned, there are still some things to work out. Um, but especially when they get in zone and, you know, get cycle game going, get some possession, like you can see, you know, how this is going to work. And you can see that like, all right, this is a trio that can be successful. Um, Bertuzzi now has assistant back-to-back games, still waiting for his first goals of Bruin, but, you know, has a few points now. And I think can build off that. He's taken a few more shots the last couple games. Um, so yeah, so they looked pretty good for the most part. The fourth line was great. They were just awesome all night. Um, when they're on the ice, Bruins shot attempts were seven to one Bruins. They were spending a ton of time in the offensive zone. Lauko draws two penalties. He he only played six. I was just looking at it. Uh, six twenty nine total in the game, but led the team in individual scoring chances. Like he was all around it. Um, had one shift where he had like three scoring chances. One was a good save. And then, you know, another, he missed the net on, but yeah, I mean, first game he's gone into and, you know, I think what, like a week and a half, two weeks now. Um, and, you know, not that Greer really deserved to come out of the lineup. But I don't know if there's some sort of minor injury there, but, Montgomery had said he wanted to get Lauko into a game on this trip at some point. So they get him in tonight and he definitely makes the most of it. His last two games that he's played have been really strong. And it's, you know, again, another reminder just of how, like how deep, deep this team is because Lauko can play at this level and you could plug him. You know, I, I just mentioned he played 629 tonight. He could give you a good 629 in the playoffs and that's all you need from a 12th forward. So, um, yeah, good for him. He, he had all those transactions, which were really, yeah, I wrote about this yesterday because like people have been so confused about it, but they're, they're just paper moves that spare, basically they spare the Bruins. So you're only allowed four regular call-ups between the trade deadline and the end of the regular season. So you make it an emergency call-up instead, and it those are unlimited. So you can just do that as many times as you want. You can say, you know, Someone's a little banged up. We're not sure if he's going to play. You can call out, go up, and then you have to send him back down once you have a healthy roster for a game. So that's why it's been every day up and down. Doesn't actually mean anything. He's not flying back and forth to Providence and wherever they are on the road. So he's been with the team the whole time, but they just have to do that to um, save themselves some moves for potentially later in the season. So I have a question for you, too, is um, I'm going to leave Nick Felino out of this equation because I feel like if he's healthy, he's obviously going to be on that fourth line, and it would probably be no sick Felino and Hathaway. But 
let's say that Felino isn't able to go for playoffs or whatever, and and you're looking at Hathaway, Nosick, and either Greer or Lauko. If Lauko's on top of his game and Greer's on top of his game, who do you what do you think the difference is? What do you think the line looks like differently with those two on it on their game? And which maybe would you prefer if they're both playing to their ceiling? I mean, I say Greer, um, but it's close. Um, but I think if you're if we're saying they're playing to their ceiling, it's close, right? They have similar ceilings. Um, they have they bring similar things. Uh, but Greer has been in there more. Uh, he has more games under his belt this season. And I think he might have a little bit more maturity to his game and situational awareness, especially like in a playoff game, not going to make those rookie mistakes, so to speak, that maybe Lauko might have to learn the hard way at one point in his career. So I, I lean Greer, but I do think that Lauko is an adequate, um, you know, replacement in comparison to what he could bring. Yeah, I think Lauko brings more speed. So if you're looking for that in a matchup, you know, he would have it. I think he might have a slightly higher offensive ceiling. Um, not that either one is really like a great offensive player or anything. Greer does have a pretty good shot. Um, so I'll give him that. But yeah, I mean, Lauko may be a little bit more dynamic of a player with the speed. Greer, I think, brings more physicality. So I think if you're looking for not that Lauko like isn't can't be physical, he can. But if you're looking for like we all right, we want to have a punishing four check and you know have those two wingers who can do some damage uh on the four check. Like I think Greer's more likely to do that. So it's a little bit of like what exactly are you looking for? I I think I'm with Bridget where I would lean Greer just because he's had more NHL experience this season, but I would definitely like to see Lauko get more chances. I, I said after the last game, like I wanted to get him back in and not have him sit for two weeks. Like he ended up doing. Um, I would like to see him back in again for one of the two games this weekend, at least. And, you know, see if he can build some momentum because he's, he deserves it. Like he's played really well. These last two games, he's played pretty well every time he's been up this season. So um, I don't, you know, when everyone's healthy, like he's probably going to get sent down just because of a numbers game. And he's the one who doesn't have to go through waivers and all that. But for now, if you have a chance to play him more, I, I definitely would. And it's not, again, it's not a knock on Greer. Cause I thought he had a couple of pretty good games recently as well. But um, yeah, I think the more experience you can get Loco, the better, because he could be an option for you at some point in the playoffs. What I like about him the best is that every time he's gotten called up, he's really done what he needs to make a case for himself in the lineup. And that's something we haven't seen from some of the prospects in the past. Sometimes you see them go cold or sometimes you see them not make most of their opportunity, but he brings it um, so far this season. He's been what they needed and done what they needed him to every time he got called up. Yeah, I mean, namely Jack Stanique is a guy who we've talked about in the past, like just didn't take advantage of his opportunities, right? I mean, I think Scott, you mentioned that, or, I th or somebody mentioned online, but Lauko had like three, like three minutes and change. Did you mention that, Scott? He was like three minutes of playing time, and he was just like so, so, uh, so noticeable. And yeah, uh, that's like yeah, through two happened, minutes, right? it, yeah, through two periods, it was like just over three minutes, and then he got like another three in the third. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean he, he's he's a he's a pest out there, and he and he does. 
he does have a bit of a motor for sure. I think, um, I mean, the question I posed to you guys, it's, I think they both, I think both of them bring a skating game, right? I mean, you guys mentioned that, um, Greer's a, Greer's a pretty good skater too for his size. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, similar, similar ceilings. The biggest difference between the two of them, I think is just like Greer has a little bit more height and physicality. And a tiger tattoo. Yeah, which we all know Monty's a big fan of. That's a, that's that's quite a decision to make. What's what's your tattoo? Okay, you're in the lineup. Well, here's the thing, and this is a hard hitting question for Scott to ask next time. But who has the cooler tiger ta- tattoo, Tyler Bertuzzi or AJ Greer? Oh boy, yeah, I'm gonna. You might get punched in the face over that one. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say hard hitting question, that means Scott's getting hit really hard in the face for. Uh, insulting someone's tattoo, but yeah, it's not, it's not insulting. Either. No, I'll, I'll, I can ask in a nice way. I can just yeah. who has the cooler tattoo of a yeah. tiger? Because Bertuzzi has a big one on his arm, and I, I so does Greer. So, what would you guys? What would you guys? Uh, what would you do if, like, for the playoffs, Monty just walked into the press room with like one of those Mike Tyson head tattoos from like, the <laughs> or something? Like in the Hangover, he just yeah. <laughs> wakes up with one. No, I want Scott to get a tiger tattoo. He can be part of the pack, part of the pride. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe a terrier tattoo. Yeah. You, you didn't get a birthday tattoo last uh, last night for your twenty your twenty fifth. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't really remember. You know. There's always a chance on St. Patrick's Day he gets drunk <laughs> enough and goes for it. And he remembers this conversation. <laughs> and then that, he was, the that was my 21st birthday in college, celebrating on St. Patrick's Day. That was. I thought you meant you got a tattoo on your 21st No, no, no. I didn't get a tattoo, but Scott's in terms like of not, Damn it, that been a good not remembering what happened. Scott has, like a, uh, Scott has like a kiss me on my Irish tattoo on his wrist <laughs> next time we see him. Okay, All right, anyway. Back to the hockey game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 